my name is Dave Thiessen. I am uh, the National Director for Harvest for Kids and also uh, work at Children's Camps International and have the privilege of working with, uh, with a group of individuals. And we, we work with kids uh, around the world. And it's fun, actually, you know what? When, when it's always fun coming to a church where it's noisy, right? Sometimes you wonder why are these kids running around, but that's the sign of a healthy church is when you have kids because the kids are important. They're, they are the future, and that is so cool to see and to see, uh, see that happening. Uh, so uh, just great, great for that. Um, as I am going to share a little bit this morning about Children's Camps International, um, and a little bit about myself. I, I'm from Manitoba myself originally. I currently live in by Saskatoon, Saskatchewan. That's where home is. Um, today feels like a little bit of a Paul moment coming to Rome. Uh, today uh, we got a football game that's taking place, and I, I'm all alone. I'm all alone here by myself. So uh, uh, there's another Ryder fan. Awesome. There are usually one or two, but... Uh, uh, you know, when I told my friends I was coming to Manitoba this week, I said, you know, it's either going to be a really good week for you or it's going to be a tough week. And so God may be teaching me a little bit of humility again. I hope not, but uh, we'll see, see how it goes. But anyway, uh, I grew up in a little town, Oak Lake, Manitoba, north of here. That's where mom and dad, they farmed in that area. That's where they called home. And uh, I grew up with some phenomenal Christian parents, and I'm just so grateful and thankful for that. And to have that in my life. Um, today, as I share with you, I'm going to share a little bit about our ministry. And then just something, a challenge for you as we walk through. So to start off with, just give you an update um, on uh, what's happening in our ministry and, and what's taking place. So I have a video that we're just going to play. And that video will play and we will then I'll share. With a call to action in 2003, Anthony Sammy and Ray Wheeler began the road of reaching kids with the message of Jesus Christ. This was the start of Children's Camps International. The vision and mission was to work with the local church to reach the children with a week-long camp experience and then continue with a weekly follow-up program for one year, where we see 75% of the kids making a decision to follow Jesus Christ. From its humble beginnings, in 2003, they started camps in India with 500 kids attending the first year. In May of 2019, under God's leading, over 2 million kids have been reached. It is with God's favor and grace we are privileged to be part of an incredible milestone where all the glory goes to God. In 2018, at Winkler, Manitoba, an endeavor to bring a worldwide awareness to the mission of Children's Camps International with a world record harvest. On August 4th, over 306 combines arrived to a field south of Winkler where a field of wheat was harvested. God's grace on that day was once again be seen by the rain that blanketed the area but just provided the field with enough to settle the dust. From the large harvest, we also had our first harvest in Three Hills, Alberta, where 128 acres of wheat was harvested by 17 combines. Over 10,000 kids have been able to attend camp through that field. With five regional harvests in Saskatchewan and one in Manitoba, we are partnering with a local community to make a lasting impact around the world. Build It for Kids began in 2006 with two houses in Winkler, Manitoba, 
51 houses have now been built in Manitoba, Ontario and Saskatchewan. With each project raising somewhere between fifty dollars to $70,000. In 2008, we started a new endeavour called Double Your Impact, where camps in North America partner with camps and countries we work with. They have an opportunity to double up their number of kids they are impacting by sponsoring and partnering with camps in Brazil, India, Cambodia, Kenya and Mexico. Through all the different contributions in 2019, over 200,000 kids have attended camp and are now attending follow-up programs. Past statistics make us confident that over 150,000 kids will now be celebrating with us one day in heaven. For us to do the work we're called to, it takes an army of volunteers to make it happen. Annually, over 11,000 volunteers work either in North America and or in our supporting countries to bring the message of Jesus Christ. From running in a lemonade stand on the street corner, to flipping burgers, and running camps and follow-up programs in the countries, we are truly blessed by these volunteers. In Ephesians 2, it states, For it is by grace that you've been saved through faith, and this is not up from yourself. It is a gift of God, not by works that no one can boast. For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus, to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Each and every one of us have been given gifts and abilities to make a difference in the world. Thank you to all the volunteers who've partnered with Children's Camps International. Can you imagine what the world will look like if millions more kids could hear the message of Jesus Christ? With the continued call of Children's Camps International and God's favor, this is possible. Thank you for your contribution to God's work in Children's Camps International. So that kind of gave a little bit of a highlight of the ministry for 2018 and what, what we've been doing and what God's been working since starting in 2003. Um, to give you just a little bit of a summary of this again, uh, we had started 2003 and we, we work in countries around the world, developing countries, countries like India, Cambodia, Fiji, um, Brazil, Mexico are countries that we're in now. And we've also been in other countries as well, like uh, Belize has been one, um, Cuba, and, uh, and a couple of the other countries around the world that we have been part of. And through uh, process, we've helped them to become self-sufficient. So our goal is that they become self-sufficient and then let's get out of the way. Let's, and let them run the camps as they see fit. And so we've been privileged to be part of that. Um, how does that all happen? Uh, we work right in country with the country ch churches and leaders in the country. We don't bring to them a North American style camp. We let them run what they, they works for their kids. So uh, we're here in North America. We need all kinds of things. In, in India, just bring a soccer ball. So you need, just need a soccer ball. Brings the kids together. And then the kids have fun. And through that, the message of Jesus Christ is shared. And it's like a VBS program. So it's a one-week program. And then what we do is we do a follow-up with the kids, weekly follow-up for one year. And that is where we're seeing the changed lives take place. It's, uh, you know, the camps are wonderful, but it's that follow-up program. No different than Samaritan's Purse. As I listen and I, I know uh, the ministry well, is that it's such a good ministry because they're doing the discipleship. You just don't get something. You, 
you learn it, you understand it, and then you actually own it as an individual. And so we're excited to be part of that. Uh, we've been doing it for the last number of years for $5 a child. And that's what it costs to send them to camp and to receive their weekly follow-up for one year. Uh, this year, uh, we are uh, going down a path, an endeavor that uh, scares me half to death at times, but God's, God's going to show in his way, is in India. They have 10,000 churches, no, 15,000 churches that are waiting. They've just been waiting to join. They want to get part of it. They want to be part of what's happening because they see the changed lives of the kids, which then impacts the parents. You reach the parents through the kids. Um, and so this year, uh, they are going to reach out to one million kids in India alone. Um, and the churches are so excited about it that they're funding now almost 70% of it. So we're helping them get started. So we're providing for them $1.50 a child is what we're raising to send to them to be able to be part of seeing a difference in the lives of kids. So that's what's been happening in our ministry. Uh, how can you support us? The financial gifts are always good. Prayer is our biggest. God, God is working in amazing ways, and we see him working, but we need your prayers for us as staff, for our leaders in our countries. Uh, the persecution is getting harder in the countries and even within Canada. Uh, you know, there's more and more things happening um, with uh, making it more and more difficult for us to do our ministry. Um, and so I, we covet your prayers as we go about working and we believe what we're called to do, which is making a difference in the lives of kids through this ministry. So that's kind of what's been happening at Children's Camps International. At the back of the uh, church, there's a bunch of these books. Um, and in these books, it tells the story of that large harvest that we did. And then it also talks about um, our ministry in detail in the back pages. And we've handed out uh, thousands upon thousands of these books. And it's been really cool to be part of seeing these books get into hands of both uh, what I call believers and pre-believers. People that uh, are just waiting to hear the message of Jesus Christ. We go to farm shows where we share the message and many people pick this up because they're intrigued about why would you go and put 306 combines on a field. And that way we actually share the message of Jesus Christ at the farm shows, many of the farm shows across the prairies and in the U.S. And we're looking for partners. We're looking for those who... I just believe that they're called to get involved with what we're doing. But please help yourself to one of these. Uh, this morning, as I share, and, and, and uh, if you were in India with me today, and you were happening to be there, the message would probably last about, oh, three hours. So uh, I won't go three hours today, because we're going to get into game time uh, for the, the important game. So, so we'll, we'll try to keep it down under... Uh, I'll, I'll be done by 12, I'll promise. Well, I don't know. We'll see how the stories go. I'll do my best. When you start getting up and walking away, I'll understand that maybe I should stop. So please, nobody get up now. So <laughs> that's the big one. Uh, anyway, uh, I like to have fun. I, I think that when we get to heaven, can you imagine what that party's going to be like? Like we're going to be in the presence of God. And I think, you know, it's going to be an incredible and surreal moment for us. But yet, I believe it is going to be a celebration like nothing that we could ever imagine on this earth. And I look forward to that day and, and to when that's going to happen. But while I'm here, I have a job to do. And God's called me 
to do the work that is laid out in front of me. I, um, today, as I share with you, I'm going to share just kind of how God's been working in my life. And I talked about the message about selection process. And you're wondering, wow, okay, where is he going to go with this one? And, and, and uh, I'm going to just share with you my life and some of the stories and some of the things how God's been working in my life and in other lives around me that, that I've seen. Um, I'm not sure how many of you have heard of a guy named Frank uh, J- Jenner is his name. Frank Jenner, he was in the military way back in the, in the 40s, and uh, he was an, an Australian, and he was on, a, on an Australian warship. And he was, at that point in time in his life, was not a very nice guy. In fact, he lived a life very hard, partied hard, and he made life for anyone who was a believer very, very difficult. And one sailor tells the story about who was a believer in, in Jesus and shared that he made my life a living hell. And he says it was not fun. And there was a point in time that Frank, in his life, uh, came to a crisis moment. And it was at that crisis moment that that guy reached out to him and introduced him to Jesus. And it was there when he introduced him to Jesus that he made that commitment to follow Jesus. And God laid on his heart, on Frank's heart, that every day he was going to reach out to 10 people. Every day he was going to reach to 10 people and share the message of Jesus Christ. He had a small business in Sydney, Sydney, Australia. And uh, every day he had a little pamphlet, cheap little pamphlet he made, and, and he'd, walk pe- he'd walk up to people and... And he would basically say, sir, do you, can you answer me this question? If you die today, are you going to heaven? And Frank asked that question. Some people took the pamphlet. Some scoffed at him. Some walked away. But he never knew the impact of that ever till about 40 years later. 40 years later, a gentleman showed up. Uh, he was from England and said, I got to meet this Frank Jenner. And And as he's walking around, who stops him but this gentleman with this pamphlet and says, do you know who Jesus is? Um, And that moment he says, yes, and I've heard about you, and I want you to tell you a story. And that pastor goes on to say, as he shared in many, many churches around the world, he was an evangelist. And as he shared, he kept telling the story of over and over how the people that he ran into had met Jesus on that street when he shared the message of Jesus Christ. You know, they, they, anticipate, they figure that he probably made a difference in about 40,000 people who came to know Jesus through that pamphlet and just doing that one little step. And we, we can look at Frank today and say, well, that was wonderful what Frank did. And, I, and I'm so excited that he took that call. But you know what excites me more? Is that the one person who introduced him to Jesus. It just took that one person to do it. We don't all have to be preachers. We don't have to all be um, uh, working in ministries. We don't all have to be up on the stage sharing. All we have to do is what we're called to do. Uh, As I share this morning and and talk to you a little bit more about just what God's been working in my life, I think of the story of the selection process that took place in Samuel, uh, Samuel 16. And that's where Samuel went to anoint the new king. God had made the decision that Saul was no longer going to be king. Um, Saul was off, off track. He had fallen away from, from God and was trying to do it on his own. And so a process happened, and Saul went to go see Jesse and his household, 
And he went there with a heifer to meet each and every one of them. And as he went to meet him, meet him, Jesse's sons, he, he met the first one, and when he saw him, here's this big, the oldest, big, strong young man. He looked like, like a leader. And, uh, and God said, no, that's not one. And then he went on and on and on until he got to the last, and he said, Is these, are these all your sons? And he said, well, no, I have one more. I have one more son, and he's out in the field. He's t- tending to the sheep. And so they brought him in, and here comes David, the youngest, the scrawny little guy, Short guys, like us, me and David. He was not tall. And uh, he, he said, okay, this is the, the, the person that will be anointed. You know, it's amazing when you read that story. It just really was a reflection for me. Who did God use? God used the person that we in the world, we, we wouldn't have called David as the elite of elite uh, people, but God used the ordinary. He just uses ordinary people every day to accomplish his work. No different than anybody in this crowd. We're ordinary people. We're, not, we're nothing complicated. We're nothing that we can boast about. But God uses us in each and every way. And that's the first thing I want to mention to you is God uses the ordinary. You don't have to have a degree in all different kinds of things. You just need to be faithful to use the gifts that you have. The other thing that we learn through the, this, the scriptures is that God uses the imperfect who does God use? God doesn't use the, the, the perfect people. David was not a man without his problems. Uh, he was despised by others, his family members. He was an adulterer. He, and he plotted and executed in the murder of his best friend to cover up his adultery. Uh, tell me, uh, Dave, David didn't have it all together. I'm pretty sure we're, there's people here today that struggle with sins in their lives. If you don't, then I would love to know how you don't struggle with sins because I think we all have those in our lives that that aren't going through some difficult circumstances uh, in your life. It may be the loved one that's going through sickness and you don't understand why. Or you're mad at God. I don't know your circumstance, but I just know that there's times in our lives it's not just all, we have it all together. You know... I've made my fair share of mistakes, and I continue to make mistakes on a continual basis, but I continue to lay them before the cross every day and say, Lord, just use me. Use me for who I am. Uh, You know, what amazes me as Christians, we think that we're the only ones going through something something difficult. Um, Maybe you can relate to this one. Uh, You know, growing up, we had two kids, and I laughed today uh, because the kids are full of energy, right? Um, I can remember our kids, and I had, we, we had two kids, Jen and I, we had two little uh, kids. Uh, our son, he was a full of energy, mischievous, mischievous boy. And our daughter, she was more calmer, uh, took maybe a little bit more after mom, and my son took after me, maybe, I'll admit it. Um, and so, you know, I don't know how about you, but how many of you, getting ready Sunday mornings, everything just goes smooth? <laughs> you know, it just works great. You know, I think that's a time where the devil works extremely hard at trying to bring distractions. I, there was days getting our kids ready for school, and I'm thinking to myself, you know, God, telling our kids, God allowed us to bring you into this world. I want to take you out now, right? Just because in the moment, and I remember walking into church, and then, you know, the first person you want, run into, and they, and they put out their hand to shake your hand, and what do they say? How are you today? And what do you say? I'm good, Right? 
even though inside you're screaming because you're just dealing with issues. You know, we all have those. We all have challenges in our lives. I don't think anybody here has not had their challenges. And I think it's, it's something that we just have to understand. God can use us. God uses the imperfect. It doesn't, you don't have to be perfect. The third point that I want to bring up is God works with the broken. Uh, you know, we all carry these huge burdens. You know, when God just asks us, he asks us just to lay it before the altar. Uh, I know I have to lay before the altar many times my pride, uh, my, my drive. So often I want to get things done. Uh, I, you know, even as I, this week, as I, I began this week, uh, I sat down and said, okay, Lord, you know, you've really laid on our heart to reach these million kids. We've got to raise a million and a half dollars next year just for that initiative. And, and I, I want to get out there and I want to do it, but yet I've got to lay that before his feet. I've got to do my part and allow him to do the work. He's just asking us to be that servant. So often I have to lay those down before him. And I have to lay down my sins on a regular basis. And when we do, in John 1, verse 9, he says, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and purify us from all our unrighteousness. We often consider that God can't use the broken. God used David. And he was described, David is described as a man after God's own heart. In Acts 13, 22, it says, after removing Saul, he made David their king. God testified concerning him. I have found David, son of Jesse, a man after my own heart. He will do everything I want him to do. You may have made, make, made mistakes in your life. Uh, you may have sins in your life that think, sometimes you think paralyze you. Maybe it's, it's, uh, it's I don't know what. But uh, you're able, unable to, you think I'm unable to be used because of this. In my life, I've lived in this place. Um, I, I used to look at my past sins and say, okay, God, you can't use me. How can you use me? I'm, I'm a broken person. Um, you can't use me because of all these things. But we know that if we lay it before the cross, God can use anybody to accomplish his work. You know, there's, there's, I, when I share about the, the uh, stories of our different countries and the different leaders in our country, I think of a story that came to me here just about a couple of weeks ago, and the guy's name was Shiva. Shiva's from India. He's in the southern part of India, and he's an older gentleman now, but he grew up in an environment where there was a, a caste system, where you either were in the, the lower class, middle class, upper caste system, and he was lower, which meant that in India, if you're in the lower class, a cat or a dog or a snake are valued more than you. And so when he grew up in that environment, he asked his Hindu parents, said, you know, mom, dad, tell me how can this dog be more valuable than me? And they could never answer that. So at the, when he turned to be a teenager, he walked away from his faith in Hinduism. And he just didn't believe in anything. Um, he came to a crisis about 10 years ago. He was in a car accident. And in that car accident, he got seriously hurt. And when he was seriously hurt, he ended up in the hospital. And at the hospital, a Christian came to see him and, and shared the message of Jesus Christ. He accepted Jesus as his personal savior. Um, from there, he said, I've got to make a difference in the world. So he went back to his community and he tried to reach the adults. And when he, when he went to reach the adults, they all scoffed at him. They wanted nothing to do with him. So then, he's, then he heard about Children's Camps International. And through that, he started his first camp. And there's a picture of him that I have that 
is pretty special. He's standing with all about 100 kids around him, the smiles from ear to ear. And they're wearing, believe it or not, in, in Canada, Anthony, our leader in India, came here and he was at Burger King. How many of you have been to Burger King and seen, saw the crowns? Well, he took that concept back and, he's, and he took it back to India and he put on there princes and princesses of the king. And so all these kids are wearing Burger King hats. <laughs> they are. But they all say princes and princesses of the king. And, and here he stands and he says, I struggled to try to find reaching my, 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 um, my community, but I now have my congregation. And it was all eight, nine, ten-year-old kids. He knows that by reaching the kids, he's being used. He could have easily said, well, Lord, look at my life. How can I ever be used by you? I'm older. I'm like, he's 50 years old now. But yet, God can use anybody, anytime. And you know, God asks us in, in, in coming down to one of my last points here that I want to share with you, is God just asks us to be available, just to be used. In all of this, I know that God that I love and serve can't, can't wait to work with me. To com- comprehend that God actually doesn't need us to accomplish his work, I'm a doer. My personality is I want to get stuff done. I don't want to wait. I don't have patience. And so I want to get it done. So I'm a doer. But God actually doesn't even need me. He doesn't even actually, he says, you know what, I want you to come for the ride. Uh, but you know what, I'm going to be the one driving. If you don't, go for it. How many of you have done that before and it worked out well for you, trying to lead instead of God? It doesn't work well. It doesn't work well at all. Um, he could totally do it without us. You know, I'm not, and this comes to the scripture that I read, that was read today. Uh, Ephesians 2, 8 to 10. For it is by grace that you've been saved. Just think of that. You, you, you've been saved through grace. Through faith. This is not for yourself. It is a gift from God. And not by works. So that no one can boast. For we are God's workmanship. Created in Christ Jesus to do good works. He created us to do these good works. Which God has prepared in advance for you to do. You know when you think about that. That's pretty, pretty crazy. God actually has this all planned out. He's got works all lined up for each and every one of you. And can you imagine the excitement that is. That just when you figure that out. Well God's got planned for you. Because it's exciting. It's fun, not without his challenges, but, um, you know, he can use anybody. All he asks is to be available. There's, there's two stories in closing that I want to share, and I know we're going to do a song, and then, I will, uh, then I'll, I'll close off in prayer. Uh, but there's two stories I want to share with you quickly. Uh, one, they all come from the big harvest in 2018, and here at that harvest, it was an incredible event, and it was not anything we did. Okay, God, God showed up that day and throughout that entire time. Um, but the two stories that stand out to me are actually of kids. One is of Caden. Caden, uh, well, the harvest is done. This is the Tuesday after the long weekend harvest. We're all at the office kind of doing cleanup. And along comes this little boy. And he comes into the office. And he's like eight years old and his name's Caden. Shows up and he's got a little jar. And in it is $63. He had been selling freezies on the dike outside Winkler. He was walking around selling freezies because he wanted to send, make a difference of sending kids to camp. He was able to send 13 kids to camp by doing that. 
you don't have to be have uh, all everything. You can anybody can do the work. You just need to be faithful. And I and I think of the other ones. There's two other kids. They were on the same day. They were out with their wagon selling um, pop and freezies and everything else. And they've they've been doing this for three years. They set up on a street in Winkler, and they've raised enough to send 60 kids to camp. You know, you just look at anybody can be used. You just have to be available. Uh, You know, today, as we leave the church, I just want to encourage you with this, that as you go home, spend time with God and just ask him, okay, how can you use me? And just be open to how he's going to use you today. Maybe it's going to be the prayer warrior. Maybe he's calling you to do something totally different. Maybe it's to reach out within the community. Whatever it is, just follow. You know, when I made the decision in 2008 to drop the corporate world. That's the world I lived in and decided to go into ministry. Um, you know, for all the reasons from the world perspective, uh, to give that all up, I do not regret it for a second. Um, I do not ever regret it. I don't regret giving up the six-figure job to have to raise my own support. You know, it's, it's, it's crazy, but you know what? I have been blessed beyond belief because of taking that step back in that day. And I encourage you, whatever God's calling you to do, do us, just do it. Um, I'm going to leave it at that, and I'll close in prayer after this, the final song.